Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's just an absolute pleasure to have you. You've reached the collision of faith and politics with the Ninja Pastor, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. So how y'all? How y'all doing? You feeling great? You feeling great? You feeling like America? Feeling like America great? That's what I think. You know, I think America... No, I think America's pretty great, but I think it's getting greater. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm just. I just. I don't know. To me. To me, this this is just me. You know. By the way, welcome to uh, chat is open. Feel free to jump in there. There's some smart people in there, some fun people, and uh, great listeners. We love that. Love that. Hey, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this, and then this will probably be the last I talk about numbers because I thought about this. I thought about the whole numbers thing, and um, you know, the numbers of listeners. And I thought, well, I sound like a preacher. One of the things I really, really don't like. Uh, is I don't like it when I'm doing a uh, pastor's conference or I'm at a pastor's conference. I don't go to them anymore, by the way, unless I'm a um, unless I'm the keynote. That sounds so arrogant, but that's not why. I can't listen to all the whining. I just can't do it. I know lots of pastors who have had a rough way of it, and I've got some good friends uh, that are phenomenal pastors, phenomenal leaders, great people who have really been run through the through the ringer. And so for me, you know, I know that's a true story, but I also know that there's too much of it going around, too much, uh, it's too much whining, too much whining. So, but one thing they always do is they always seem to, uh, you meet them and the conversation starts and it ends up being all about the numbers, you know, that's what they always ask you. So on your church, uh, you know, and, and hello, by the way, to New York, upstate New York, where it's snowing. Hello to Alaska. Um, awesome place. And I believe we have Canada listening. So that's awesome. 
So what I'm going to say about numbers on, on, on Wednesday, we're averaging about 800,000 total listeners between, uh, between the um, live listeners, which we have a huge number of live listeners, which is uncommon for this type of broadcast. What the people that, that run Blog Talk Radio tell me that that's uncommon. Uh, but then the the uh, syndicated uh, replays and downloads and all that stuff from all the different places, it totals over 800,000. So we have eight, over 800,000 listeners, and, and we're really honored about that. But one thing that I thought <clears throat> is that I'm sounding a little bit like uh, those pastors that drive me crazy. I'm you know, they, they get on my nerves. They go all up on my nerves. So uh, for me personally, I just, I am uh, struggling because that's what they always do. They always, they always tell me, you know, they start off with, you know, asking me, so uh, what are you running in your church and uh, how many people and what's your budget and what's your offering usually like? Um, it's just, uh, to me, that's stupid, and I don't like it. And so, what I, I don't ever talk about that. And I don't ever ask it. So, so I thought about this, and I thought, well, I'm all the time. Like on Sundays, I'll say, hey, last Sunday we had sixty-six thousand live listeners, and uh, Wednesday show had eight hundred and forty-two thousand, and we had one show, by the way, that topped nine hundred thousand. Can you believe that? Nine hundred in one week's time, nine hundred thousand between all of our different places that we share all the links and stuff and then we download and they download it from this but the total of, of all, just over 900 but listen to this i'm going to say this and then i'm not going to talk about numbers anymore uh and, and i think this is crazy and i got a message from them the, the you know the people that run the radio thing and they said we just went over one million listeners one million downloads on uh, one of the shows we did, and, and I swore I was going to have it up here, and I didn't, and I, that's my failing, but uh, I was a little late getting in the studio chair today, got a lot going on, and uh, yes, Craig from New York, summer is officially over, <laughs> so so we had uh, uh, over a million downloads, and I thought it was kind of cool because it was not uh, 1 million downloads on the Wednesday show, which we have a, a much higher listener uh, number on that. But on the Sunday thing, one hour, and, and I preach for an hour. Y'all that listen to me, you know, I preach for literally an hour. I'm always running out of time. There's sometimes, a couple, couple Sundays ago, I preach for 90 minutes straight. Uh, and I've done it for two hours, whatever. And people say, well, I'd never sit there. I would never sit there. I would never come to your church because you talk for too long and I ain't sitting there because my butt get cold. My butt get sore. I'm get tired. I'm get hungry. Get thirsty. Well, here's the deal. Here's what happens. My buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania just came on and, and, and he'll tell you, he encouraged me. Hey, you give him too much at one time, scale it back, too much information. It's great value, but you need to leave a little something. And so we worked it back to an hour. Well, this one was an hour uh, one, and it was one from May. I, I want to say May 25th. If, if you go to drshawngreener.com and go over to listen and you, you scroll down to that, I think uh, it should be in there. And it's something about two men, something like that, two best candidates or something. And it was a Sunday sermon. And, and I never thought Sunday would be the first to go over a million. Never. Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. So 
really quite cool and and i'm really honored by it and um i'm get you know we let's look i don't want to give a bad number if i'm going to stop giving numbers then i don't want to the last number i give so this week since sunday's message i've received 27,701 emails now i don't know you know to be honest with you how many of those are all business with the radio show i really don't know i don't know uh but what i do know is that a lot of them are and uh and, and so i'm i'm in great appreciation for all the folks that have contacted me it means the world to me i i've gotten some really beautiful letters from people and i'll tell you what talking to a black um screen not screen but you know my studio has it's black you know it's all black on the inside and uh you know it's kind of cool because it's it's you know it's it, i don't know it's 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 unique looking dark and it's kind of a little bit um it's kind of a little bit uh stark you know it's i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's a phone booth with no glass thank you jerry uh and, and so the fact of the matter is uh i like live audiences now you guys i don't know if you know this maybe i haven't said this enough but i travel uh, upon invitation i'll travel all over the country i'll come to alaska for pete's sake i don't yeah i'll be all over there uh from tip to tip east to west I, i'm glad to go and i'll speak at any organization any church whatever um you know, keynote, I do keynote, I do seminars, I do guest speaker, I do uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I just, you know, um, it's just one of those things. I love a live audience. I love speaking and preaching to a live audience. It really, 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 um, like Jerry says, I do have a live audience right now. Buckeye is with me all the time. She's in the studio with me and she's pretty much with me almost everywhere I go. That's my sweet dog, Buckeye. Pray for her. She's going to have surgery on the 20th. So daddy going to be real worried. It's just dental surgery, but still. But uh, I would be glad to come to New York. I'd go, go all over the place. I'll go anywhere. I get invited. As long as my travel expenses are covered, I'm good to go. And I'm happy to do that. And so I guarantee you'll have fun and it'll be worth your time. But I love the letters I get. And on Sunday, let me just tell you a real quick thing about Sunday before we get into today's show. Uh, we may have a guest, by the way. I invited a lady. She wrote an article I'm going to be talking about. Let me tell you what, this article is so on point, has nothing, almost nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I was so compelled by it that I thought, man, I'd like to have this lady on. Now, next week, you guys remember last week, uh, Mitch from South Africa, uh, he was listening and he was a, he was a caller. Now, he, he, this guy is a sharp guy. I'm gonna tell you right now, this this guy's a sharp guy, and uh, he really, really is a, a, a really good guy, and he's got a lot of YouTube videos and stuff that he does. And one of his passions is studying about, speaking about, and warning of these Chinese, uh, the theft of of organs in China. And you say, well, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You know, what in the world? And but the truth of the matter is, it it makes huge sense because uh, it's it's a major issue that could affect anybody anywhere. And if you don't know it's coming, we're talking about serious trouble here. 
And uh, so anyway, so he's going to be on uh, next week. He's going to be guest on next week. So I don't know if this author is going to be able to be on today. Let me see. We got a message from her. Um, I, I think he would really, really love her name is Gabriella Hoffman. Really, really good writer. Um, I think she writes for The Resurgent. So I'm going sh- to share some information from the article and um, it'll be cool. It'll be really, really cool. Um, anyway, all that said to say this, that um, we may, she may call in today. I don't know. I've invited her to call in, but that's, it's last minute notice. And, and you know, you guys know by now, uh, there, are, there are several times, I'm going to confess to the ones that are listening that, that don't know this. Um, I really, really, I, I'll have to tell you, um, now there have been times I just, I'll just tell you, if you let you behind the, behind the, uh, behind the, the veil there, uh, there have been times where, because I've been on hospital visits or whatever, uh, something came up, uh, really a critical emergency, whatever. And I get to my chair just in time to log into the studio and uh, log into the show myself and do the show. And, and sometimes I don't have any, I've got nothing, you know, and it's just a matter of talking what's on my heart and, and sharing it with you guys and sharing my life experience with you guys. And so that being said, um, you know, I know last minute for a lot of people, it's a real problem. Two hour show. It's a long show. I know guests don't need to be on here for two hours, but um, we do have some great guests that have been on. It's just not a, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not a real guest centric show. If I guess if I could say that it's not a real caller centric show and people tell me that, you know, well, it's not a real talk show if you don't have callers calling in. I'm happy to have callers call in. We get, oh, let me look here. I took a little snapshot of this last week. We had like, I don't know how many, I don't know how many is on a page, but we had three pages of callers as you scroll the page, three pages. And I, and I just don't, I don't have a call screener, first of all. So I'm, I'm not a big operation. It's just me, you know, we do it. And um, so I don't know, I can't pre-screen these people. So I, you don't know who's calling. You could get yourself in a real jam. I don't have a delay. So I don't want to get in any trouble. Somebody saying something they shouldn't say. Uh, you know, and, and, and upset the, the people that host this show. Um, it's just uh, it's, uh, one of my uh, one of my people and regular listeners, their son has just been transported to children's hospital, uh, children's hospital, got the flu, thought it was meningitis. It's not meningitis. It's something else. And uh, so they're going to the hospital. I thought they went to the hospital earlier, but about to pray for them. Um, it's, um, you know, good lands, you know, it's, it's kids are so precious. I have two great kids. Both of my children are just really, man, I was just telling one of my best friends today, I, I, you know, wow, I am so lucky. I hear people talk about their kids and, oh, God, I'd be glad when they grow up, you know, oh, such a pain in there. And great to have them, but grab when they leave. I love my kids. I love hanging out with my with my daughter and my son. I love going to dinner with both of them um, because I love watching the back and forth between the two of them. And they're great, great kids. I'm just so lucky. Hey, welcome to uh, my good buddy, uh, BJ. Good to have you. 
uh, from uh, the great state of Tennessee. We need to pray for those folks in Gatlinburg and uh, that whole area in there, Pigeon Forge and all. It's it's just terrible. Um, it's it's they found out now that it's two uh, juveniles that started the fire, and and it's terrible. I, I'm really upset about it. It's uh, it's just terrible. One of these days, I'm going to talk BJ into aggravated arson. Thank you, BJ. Um, one of these days, folks, I'm going to talk BJ into coming on the show with me. He's really uh, got a really interesting uh, background, and his he's just a just a neat guy. One of the smartest people I know, and a phenomenal preacher, and phenomenal at relating scripture, real life, and very humble guy and just a great guy. I've known him since he was just a little kid and grown up guy with five kids now. Um, well, I don't know. It's since the last time I talked to him, which was just a little bit ago, he may have seven or eight by now. I don't know. But uh, he and his wife, uh, Amy, are just salt the earth people, amazing people. And boy, what a story they have to tell. Just some of the, some of the greatest people. I, I, I'm so lucky um, to have the friends that I have. But anyway, all that said to say this, um, I don't know what, I have no idea why I was talking about my kids, but I guess, you know, you imagine these parents of these kids. Can you imagine being the parents of these children? And, you know, maybe they're good, good parents. Maybe they're good parents. And, and all of a sudden, you know, please show up at their door. They lock these two kids up. What do you lock my kid up for? Um, arson. No, no way. No way we'd do that. You know, all these fires that are displacing all these people, burning up historic places and killing people and whatnot risking a bunch of people's lives. And yeah, your kids, your kids started it. No, I don't believe it. And then they show the video and there they are. So it's just terrible. I'm, I'm, I, I hate that. I hate that for the parents, hopefully the parents, but you'll be glad to know that the guy who did the attack on, uh, he's dead now, which I am glad to know that. I think all terrorists should be dead, uh, but uh, killed unceremoniously and without regret. Uh, but uh, his, his mom, his moms says that he was killed for nothing. He was killed needlessly. But yeah, don't think so. Uh, that brings me to really a thing here. And that is liberals are losing their mind. Uh, you know, if, if, have you watched any of the news? Hold on, let me take, speaking of my great kids, my son, uh, he happened to be off work today and he made me my ceremonial pre-show tea, pre and during show tea. Real good, real, real good. Raw honey, um, lady. I know, lady gray tea. Everybody says, Oh, what are you? Is okay, you know, yeah, I like it. Smooth, it's smooth, and I like it. So, anyway, so he made me tea, and that's kind of a cool thing we have. Um, the other day, we trimmed the bushes and the tree out front, and that was a lot of fun. I just love hanging out with my kids. Did I mention that? Kids, I'm a dog, man. Lucky, 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 lucky. I have great friends, I have a great family, phenomenal family, and and I'm just so blessed. I'm just so blessed. Uh, unbelievable love wife. And uh, just, I'm lucky, man. I'm just a lucky, lucky man. Uncommonly lucky. You know, just un unbelievable friends. Hey, wait, wait a second. I'll tell you something I forgot to tell you. BJ, Barry Joe's dad is the one I went to, uh, I went to, sudden trip to Memphis to his funeral. And uh, Barry Joe, when I've talked about Mama Max, I usually cry when I talk about her. 
Mama Max is Barry Joe. Now she's going to her reward too. Uh, she, when I talk about her, I usually cry, but uh, Mama Max was one of the most influential people in my life. But I'll tell you what's also true. BJ, also one of the, uh, I guess he's called Barry Joe now. Barry Joe, you Barry Joe or BJ, whichever. I don't know which. Hey, you. Uh, uh, he's also been very influential in my life. He didn't like to think that, but he is. So, but I just look back on my life and I said, man, I'm so lucky. But anyway, liberals, you go anywhere, you watch the news, you see all these things, liberals. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. I am, uh, I'm just going to say this. Liberals are losing their minds, but so too are some conservatives, air quotes. I'm going to use the air quotes. You think I use those too much? Do they wear out air quotes? I don't know. But liberals, they're revising history already. They're saying, hey, you know, this isn't what you think. Look, all this good stuff going on. Yeah, okay. So Donald Trump illegally, this is the big thing now. Donald Trump illegally spoke to Carrier, you know, and they don't like, by the way, this I mentioned the Ohio terrorist, the Ohio State terrorist, go Bucks, um, for whom my puppy is named. You guys know my puppy's named Buckeye. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, you know what? I do need to do, Bear Joe, I told you this guy's smart. Air quotes have become so cliche, you need to air quote, air quotes. Man, how am I going to do that? That's a move I don't think I can pull off. I'm just not cool. Tattoos and air quotes, air quotes, I'm not sure I could do. I don't Maybe I can. I don't know. So my point in all this is, is this, is that Donald Trump, you guys know this already. You guys are savvy. Uh, you guys know this. I, I just know you know this because you're too well informed. But Donald Trump spoke to the people at Carrier. Remember Carrier, Carrier, HVAC, you know, that kind of thing. And hmm, I tell you, Doyle, this tea is the best you've made. It's really, really good. Phenomenal. Home run. So, uh, by the way, a lot of people thought that Doyle was Taco Tony. But Doyle is not Taco Tony. Taco Tony used to be in the studio with me. And uh, he would always be eating tacos and burritos and stuff. And, you know, taco meat dripping down his chin. And, you know, he was very little. If, if really almost like nobody was here, to tell you the truth. Um, anyway, uh, the fact of the matter is, is Donald Trump talks to Carrier. Carrier responds because they're talking to a real leader, guy who's really done something. And, uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to be. Uh, Jerry, always Jerry from Pennsylvania, always the best informed. Uh, he brings to light that uh, I didn't know about this because I have a friend at this company, Technologies, a major defense supplier, and uh, and he's already talked to them because they were they were going to make a major major move. In fact, they've already moved a big chunk of their company, and now he's in talks with them to bring who's overseas back and really make an investment in the United States of America. So so the liberals are saying, well, that's illegal. He can't make deals. He's not even the president yet. Uh, so, okay, so he's not even the president yet. Let's take what they say, the liberals. Let's take what they say. He's not even the president yet. And uh, he's not even the president yet. And he's already making deals. What? You know, uh, so he's make, he's calling these people up. I know. I want tacos now, too. I shouldn't have brought it up. So, so he's making these deals. And uh, he's, you know, he, he's just a leader. You know when you're talking to a leader. You know when you're talking to, um, you know when you are talking to somebody who really 
knows what they're doing. They're in place, they're plugged in, they're experienced, they've got some relevant experience, uh, they've had some challenges, they've overcome the challenges. They're good, sharp people. Good, sharp people. Well, here's the problem. They haven't talked to anybody like that. They, when they think about talking to somebody like President Barack Hussein Obama, 44 days from being unemployed. Uh, boy, you like that, right? By the way, uh, somebody was telling me today that the first black president isn't really the first black president. Here's what it really is. He is the first biracial Muslim gay treason president ever. I added a few things on there, but yeah, I mean, he's not the first. Black people claim that he's the first, but he's not. He's not. He's as much white as he is black, and he's been a disgrace to both races, so move on. Dot org. So uh, <laughs> anyway, somebody just sent me a message. I can't believe you say the things you do out loud. I don't know if they're out loud or not. I can't tell. I got earphones on. So uh, <laughs> so <laughs> some of the things people send me. Uh, so it's, uh, by the way, hello to uh, a group of United. They're not all in the same platoon or squad. They're a group of Navy SEALs listening right now in unknown parts. I also want to give a quick shout out to one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Army Ranger officer. Uh, great, great, uh, uh, just a great, great, great guy. And uh, I wish I still had, you know, was active in my business. Uh, I would hire this guy. I would hire him to run it today. Uh, executiveprotectionteam.com if you don't know what we're talking about there. But um, looking looking for a job and and boy I'd be I'd be lucky as any black gay Muslim illegal alien lives matter. <laughs> uh, by the way, I have a report that the feed is cutting in and out here. I you know what I would try to do? We're on uh, this is what we're on now is this experimental thing. It is um, we got a caller. Hang on a second. Let me make sure this isn't that lady. Hello, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Joe, Montana. You awesome, Joe. Me? How in the world did you hear about us? I just came across your show. Oh, um, awesome. And I'm listening to you rant about Trump. <clears throat> Don't get your hopes up too high. Yeah, he's got a good side. It's a very good side. And he is a leader. And he is a decent businessman. And he is making deals now before he becomes the official president. But he's also got a very bad side. Now, anybody who says and anybody who burns the flag should spend a year in jail is only exposing the type of temperament that people had um, misgivings about, myself included. Okay. So your point would be what, that he is not perfect? My or? point is to take a look at both of the sides and discern which of the sides are going to overrule one or the other to make sure that he makes good decisions. Isn't that what we did uh, during the, what, year or more that we had to look at him and listen? People, I'm not trying to be smart-alecky to you. I love I Montana, by the way. Smart-alecky. Uh, nah, I'm not a smart-alecky. But let me say this. Let me say this, hmm. though. In, in, in fairness to you, Montana's probably the most beautiful. Montana, Idaho, and Utah, I think, are, are three of the most beautiful states ever. Um, I think Alaska really kind of edges it out a little bit just because it's so wild, but Man, Montana is something special. So, so I'll go with you that he has 
a, a negative side. But you know, here's the crazy thing. So do I. Now I'm not the president. You know what I mean? I'm not the president. I I don't know. But I but I would say this. Uh, there's a thing. I don't know how um, uh, into the Bible or or faith you are, but and, and, and I don't or or not. I I don't know. Uh, but um, there's a thing in the Bible that talks about for such a time as this. Sometimes people are put into place to accomplish a given thing, uh, even though, like uh, David, uh, you know, he was the, the psalmist and the great king and, uh, you know, fighter and all this stuff. He, man, you read about his victories and you're like, wow, dude's amazing. But if you stop there, you, you would miss the whole story. David was a jacked up dude with hurts, habits, and hangups the likes of which I don't think have ever been been seen before or since. But, I mean, the stuff he did bad, I mean, we're talking real bad. And yet, for God's purpose, for such a time as this, he accomplished amazing things. So I would say I agree with you. I do agree with you. And, uh, you know, when I did my research on Donald Trump, I don't. if you've never listened to the show before, I did a whole two-hour show uh, exposing the weaknesses of Donald Trump, the, the negative sides. And so if you go to drshawngreener.com um, or the ninjapastor.com, go over to listen, scroll down, you'll see it. It's, it's all on there. There's a bunch of listens. Uh, and where, where I'm not, you know, I'll just tell you the truth. I was a, a hardcore Ted Cruz supporter. I, I really felt like he was he was the best overall package. But, you know, since since Trump and I was talking talking with a great friend today about this, I don't think for for this four year period, I'm not so positive that Cruz would have the, let's just say the crassness, the uh, I don't give a crap if you like me or you don't like me, sort of position. Although Cruz has said many many times, I don't care uh, if people like me or not. I'm serving the citizens of Texas and the people of America. I'm not in Washington to make friends. So maybe 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 not. However. Looking at what Trump has done, I, I'll grant you the whole thing about flag burning. Um, here's my thing. I'm all for the First Amendment. Burning a flag is not protected under the First Amendment. Exist, existing law, uh, people quote, well, the Supreme Court ruled that burning a flag is protected by the First Amendment. Absolutely not true. If you read the decision, that's not what it does. People misinterpret what they did, their opinion. And then they say, um, then they say, you know, that it applies. Well, it doesn't. It's just like the separation of church and state. It's not what they said it is. But here's, and I'll, I'll tether this for you. Here's the thing. If somebody burns a flag in my presence, you see, I've given up blood and, uh, and pain, and I've lost lots of friends. When I go to Arlington National Cemetery, I go visit friends. I go visit sons and daughters of friends. And... Uh, you know, the flag was on our right shoulder or left shoulder, depending on what we were wearing, uh, our or on our hat or whatever. And I'm just going to tell you, it, you have all the right in the world to set fire to the flag of the United States of America. But if you get a if you get a throat punch in the process, don't whine about it. You know, yeah, you have every right, every right in the world. I have I have every right to say, hey, you know what? Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Because I know too many you great say people. It, but you don't have a right to assault a guy who's burning the flag. If somebody wants to burn the flag and prove that he's an asshole, that's his right. Now, unless this Well, you, but asshole, you, here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. What's your first name again? I'm sorry. Joe. I, 
Joe. Joe, here's the problem. Uh, what is it, Joe? I can barely hear you. I apologize. It's, it, oh, okay. it's not real Joe, clear. like in Joseph. Joseph, all right. Hey, uh, I got some great cousins in Joe. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Number one, this is what I wish the police knew to do. And I was a police officer for years. So I, I kind of know that sometimes they know and sometimes they don't know. In this case, they don't know. There's not a place in the country, the United States of America, where it's not illegal. Hang with me here. Where it's not illegal to burn an open flame in a public place unless you have a permit for an open flame. So when you take an accelerant, you take something that will burn, you set fire to it, you've already committed a crime. Now, if we want to cloak that and well, that's my First Amendment right. You know, okay, whatever. So, uh, so let's take that one step further uh, and say you, they take the flag and they lay it on a car. The car doesn't belong to any of them. It's just that it's just a car that's there because the rioters and the America haters they're they're gonna they don't care. They don't care about other people's stuff. So they set it on fire. Then the car catches on fire. Well, what happens then? He was exercising his First Amendment right, but he's now set fire to a car that doesn't belong to him doesn't matter because they don't care. I would guarantee you uh, a leftist that is of the mind to burn a flag doesn't care about anybody's other stuff either. And most of the stuff that they have, they don't own. Mom and dad gave it to them. It's all stored messily in their mom and dad's basement. But to get to this whole idea that, well, you know, he's he's got a lot to learn. He doesn't know that you can't burn a flag. He doesn't know it's protected on the First Amendment. Well, there is a there is a law that prohibits burning outside of the outside, you know, burning uh, open flame law. But there is a law that says you can't burn the American flag. There, 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 there are laws that govern how to treat the American flag and burning it is, can be permissible under certain circumstances. If, you're, if you have to destroy the flag, that is one way to do it. And there's a very specific, very reverent way to do it. So Donald Trump says, you know, I think they ought to spend a year in jail. Here's the thing, Donald Trump knows that you know that would never pass under any circumstances. It would never pass, right? We know that. We know he's a smart guy. He's not a dumb guy. You don't get through. Well, maybe yes, and maybe no. Okay. Ah, come on. Worried. He's not a dumb guy. We we have to stipulate to the things that, that we know are absolutely true. He's very he's a very good showman, and the and the reason why he got elected into office is because he appealed to a lot of people who are out of work and, and who are. Uh, very leery and very fed up like I am with PC. But the thing is, he's smart. He's smart enough, but he still doesn't know what he's in store for being the president of the United States. Nobody does. Unless you've got an IQ of about 180 and a photographic memory to deal with all the briefings at the Pentagon, the Commerce uh, uh, Department, HUD, and all the other issues that confront this nation, which the politicians um, initiated and perpetuate, nobody's ready for the office. Nah. So, Trump can try all he wants. The only thing I'm saying is that I, I didn't vote for him and I didn't vote for Hillary. He's better than Hillary. I'm just saying don't get all worked up right now like a lot of people do when Obama got into office and he somehow won the Nobel Peace Prize before even becoming inaugurated. Trump well, I totally was, agree. That was, that was nuts. That nah, was stupid. Um, and Trump is doing some good things now. And people who say, I don't understand why he, and how he did it, he's a businessman. He's a billionaire. The fact that he did use bankruptcies 
in his favor shows that he knows how to use the tax law. And which anybody, if they didn't use and take advantage of the tax law, if they were in his position, they'd be idiots. So I can't blame Trump for that. The thing is, though, he's still got a temperament that's very, very thin-skinned. He has not been proven. He is better than Obama? Absolutely. For me, I personally think, and that's beyond, it's not beyond the realm of reason, to think that perhaps Obama got into office as a result of a bet. And I'll tell you what I mean. I'm convinced that certain people run the world. Anybody who has any kind of knowledge about the central banks know that the central banks run their individual countries. Um, Take into consideration empirical evidence, no smoking gun evidence, but I think we can point to the Rothschilds as saying that they probably run the central banks and they probably run the world. It would not surprise me at all if somehow either a Rothschild or somebody on his side made a bet with a Rockefeller or somebody on their side to say, I'll bet you I can get a black guy with a Muslim name that nobody knows about, spent less than half his tenure (laughs) in the Illinois Senate, and not get this asshole elected. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's just as simple as that. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow... That is the way it went down. So Trump, to me, well, is way uh, better than, than him. It, well, here's here's the thing. Uh, you you said something I I want to I want to touch on really quick, and I appreciate you calling, um, and you're presenting yourself very very well. One thing I would say, <clears throat> you used the term "take advantage of the laws," and here's the thing: um, it's follow the rules, follow the laws. So the rules and the laws of the IRS say that you can, you can do this, this, and this. Now, make no mistake about it, the Clintons do the same thing. Uh, for them to make a big deal out of, oh, my goodness, he took a you know, huge million-dollar write-off or almost a billion-dollar write-off, whatever, whatever the number was, it doesn't matter to me. The fact of the matter is, is the law that these legislators uh, lambast and decry it are laws that they they're 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 they're, they're on top of they're for it. Yeah. yeah they're responsible for them so so you know hey if it's bad deal then why don't you change it and i like i like what trump said uh when he looked at hillary clinton and said wait a second you've been involved with washington and politics for the last 30 plus years you haven't done any of these things that you say you're going to do but you're telling people you're going to do them now here's here's the other thing we had two choices. When it all came down to it, we had two choices for president, right? We had Hillary Clinton, who you didn't vote for, and I appreciate that. And you had Donald Trump, which you, you, you know, clearly said, look, I didn't vote for him either. So you didn't vote. Or you voted for some other person on the ticket uh, as, a, as, a, um, as, an independent. as a state. Yeah. And, and that's your right. But I would say this, and, and here's the rub, man. Here's the really, really tough rub here. The rub here is we got two choices to choose from. We got Hillary, who is off the wall nuts. Then we have Donald Trump. Now, the key here, the really big key here is we have to look at America and what America is facing and say, okay, of these two, who is the best for America? Known and unknown quantities. Now, who's going to have more unknowns? Well, it's going to be Hillary Clinton. 
Why? Because she lies about everything. She lies about everything. She can't tell the truth about a lie. And and it, it, it's so so it's an impossible, it's an untenable situation to look at her and go, well, how do I decide what she believes, what she wants? Well, when she's in one group, she talks a certain way and says certain things uh, that that don't jive with what she said her whole life. And then she's in front of another group. She talks a certain way, doesn't jive with what she's. And then speaking of jive, then when she gets in front of a black Southern group, she talks yeah, with a, some sort of, uh, yeah, no. yeah, come on. You know what I mean? And so uh, from, from that standpoint, we know that she's a liar. She lied about the email. She lied about everything. She has done nothing but lie. And yes, I am hoping that Donald J. Trump, President Donald J. Trump, uh, stands back while Attorney General Jeff Sessions investigates it, finds out that they've violated all these laws and prosecutes her, her husband, and everybody else that's involved with it, I don't care where it stops, including Barack Hussein Obama. Now, let me just say this about Barack Obama. Barack Obama came into office. Now, I understand what you're saying about the whole, you know, it could be the Rothschilds making a bet with somebody else. And yeah, I bet we can get a black guy elected, uh, which which the fact is, is the first election after 9-11, essentially, after President Bush was 43, was reelected. Uh, the first one after that is a guy that's a Muslim. We know he was raised Muslim. He was raised uh, socialistic. He was raised to hate America. He's anti-colonial. You know, I, I listened to both of his audiobooks. I, I knew the deal on him day one. But we knew that this guy was a community organizer. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a, a little bit. But community organizer who, hey, look, this guy, this guy doesn't know anything. He, you know, first of all, we can't read a single paper this guy wrote in college. He went to allegedly I know. All went to the transcripts are sealed. I know his background. You can't. Well, not even that. that. Not even that. You look. You can't even. You can't be in college. I, I've been in postgraduate. Uh, I've got two doctorate degrees. Working on another. I've been in postgraduate education for eleven years. You can easily read stuff I wrote, and I'm not running for president. So there ought to be something somewhere that somebody could read that this guy wrote, other than his books, which nobody believes. Honestly, nobody believes that Barack Obama wrote those books. It's in a total different uh, voice than what he really yeah, is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so let me say this, and then I got to jump back into my thing. You've been a, an absolute awesome call. Um, let me say this about that. Barack Obama is was had was a fraud day one, and he came in, and uh, you, you know you mentioned it. He got the Nobel Prize awarded to him before he did anything. Now, here's what Donald Trump did. Before he was even president, he, he saved a company from leaving. He saved a thousand jobs in Indiana and more, more are coming. Now, they're still going to cut 600 jobs because they were running heavy. They, was, they weren't running lean enough. And I think that exposed some of that. And companies all across the country are, you know, they have to take a good hard look at it. I've run companies and, you know, you got to run lean. You, you can't have dead weight running around, but, but thousand jobs there. Then he talks to Japan I know, and a uh, big company. You got something like a $500 million invested. I know yeah, you're doing uh, very good stuff. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so what, what I'm, I'm saying, saying is, is we know, yeah, yeah. no, and I agree hundred percent, you know, okay. we got to, you got to stay alert, got to stay aware. Yeah, Whenever, um, let's say you go and you clear a village. I don't know if you've ever had to do this clear a village or you've got to do an assault on a building or a room or whatever. 
even after you see the bad guys aren't moving, you still are expecting to be shot and preparing for that. In this particular case, as Americans, we have to look around and say, okay, buddy, I got your back. I'm cheering you on. That's why Center for Self-Governance is so important. Centerforselfgovernance.com. You learn what really you as a citizen can do. You learn the real rules and what really is happening in a way to be efficient and effective. I'll just use Ann Coulter as my weather vane. (laughs) Ann Coulter? Yeah. Yeah, she's a friend of mine, actually. She, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. One of the smartest people on the planet. She called it day one. Day one. She said, last man standing will, will be Donald J. Trump. That's true. That's true. He, uh, she was in this corner all the time. Like I'm saying, I'm going to use her as a weather yeah. man. She's getting a little bit disenchanted with perhaps, perhaps reneging on his immigration policies. So uh, we'll, see. we'll see. I, I bet it'll do more. Hey, listen, you're not originally from Montana. Where are you originally from? Montana. You're originally from Montana with that accent? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Hey, thanks, Joe, for calling. Joe from Montana, everybody. Thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Take care. Uh, Call anytime. So then you have great caller. Appreciate him calling and keeping it clean. That's what we love. Um, look, you know, liberals are already revising history. They're already saying, hey, this didn't happen. That doesn't mean what we think it means. You know why it's so foreign to the American people? Uh, what Donald Trump is doing, because it's leadership. Eight years, we have not seen leadership. $85 million worth of vacations expected to top $100 million, if you can believe that. Most expensive ever. The last three presidents combined vacations for him and the hardworking first family. Yeah, that's great. Did you know that that uh, none of his kids, you know, it's his last Christmas tree greeting, you know, you go out and you greet the tree as it comes up and you tell the story, you know, this tree is from so-and-so and such and such got it down. And wow, isn't it awesome? It's beautiful. We're so thankful. Uh, we're just so, you know, excited about the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, we're going to be excited to like this tree and decorate it, yada, yada. Um, you know, remember Barack, Barack Hussein Obama had a, um, had a Christmas ornament with Mount Saitung on it. So, you know, we knew the tone, but his two kids, his two kids couldn't be bothered. One didn't even come, don't even know where she was. And the other one was still in bed at like 12 or one when they did this thing. Couldn't even be bothered. Couldn't be bothered to go to church on Sunday. Hadn't been to church except for campaign appearances. But Donald Trump's already been to church on Sunday without a film crew, without without any kind of public, you know, ooh, look, I'm going to church, see evangelicals. No, he just went. He just went. This guy, Barack Hussein Obama, no way. No way. Doesn't even waste his time with it because Jeremiah Wright, first of all, is, is you know, that's not a church. It's a criminal enterprise. That's right, that's it. So, so liberals, already revising history. They haven't seen leadership, so that's why they're railing the way that they are. They don't know what it is to add 50,000 jobs, American jobs, from uh, Japanese. And this guy, this guy has a meeting, and 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 the guy from Japan, from the from SoftBank, comes out and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm committing right now, right here in writing. 50 million, 50 was it 50 billion dollars investment in the United States over the next four years, and and." 
that's going to mean 50,000 jobs, at least 50,000 jobs. And I'm excited to work with Donald Trump and the American people once again. Never seen it. Never, never seen it. Why? Because of Barack Obama and all things liberal are job killers. Wait, no, no, no. I just said a wrong statement. Let me correct myself. He's not a job killer. He's a non-public uh, sector job killer. He's a non-government job job killer. That's what that's what he is. Hit plenty of government, fastest growing sector anywhere. All of history has been government job growth for government employees, taxpayer funded employees under Barack Hussein Obama. So we're liberals aren't used to seeing it. And sadly, neither are conservatives. So the conservatives now looking at it, and I understand Joe's careful, you know, approach. I have a careful approach, right? I have a careful approach. I'm I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, remember the shovel-ready jobs? My buddy Craig from New York, shovel-ready jobs. <laughs> Good lands. We can't even say it without choking. Shovel-ready jobs, bullcrap jobs. Here's what they did. Let me ask you: How many of you people have been riding around and you see these tarp signs alongside the highway? These big signs, little big signs. You know, uh, you know, these are shovel-ready jobs as a result of. I think it's tarp or whatever bullcrap thing you made up. Then you, when you research them, what you do is you pull up, you go into your trusty little computer, you you, you Googly search it, and you find out, wait a second, this, this project that's going on right here where the sign is was funded five years before Barack Obama ever was even a senator from Illinois, a junior senator from Illinois. It, this is bullcrap. So what we've done is put a sign up and said, see, 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 we're doing it. Look how fast. Liberals are so used to lying. They're used to lying and they're used to being told lies. They're used to being told lies and then they repeat the lies. You lie and I'll swear to it. Liberals are already hard at community organizing, trying to undermine President-elect Donald Trump and Vice President-elect Mike Pence's administration. Now, you like what I said there. Let me say it again slower. Liberals are already hard at community organizing. You notice I didn't say hard at work. They don't know what work is. They're hard at community organizing, trying to undermine President-elect Donald Trump and Vice President-elect Mike Pence's administration, and they're making themselves even more irrelevant and even more laughable. Yet, they're still rioting. <laughs> they're still stomping on flags, burning flags, doing all that stuff. They're blocking working people from getting to work, a non-government job, going home to the homes they own and they pay for. You know what I mean? Let's take a hard look. We're going to take a hard look today. Look at what's happened in our country since November 6, 2016, and what's coming for the United States over the next 120 years. We've got to look a little bit back, um, you know, and, and just just see a little bit what, you know, what the deal is. I am going to talk about Israel, by the way, and, and uh, what Israel thinks of Donald J. Trump. So we'll see what we can get to. What time is it even? My goodness, almost five. But that was, uh, listen, I appreciate that guy's call, Joe's call. Um, you know, I take a risk. By the way, his number was 111111111111. His number didn't show up, so I couldn't do my normal research on it. So I took a risk. I figured, hey, let's go ahead. Let's do that. And it was worth hearing from him. Um, I can't say as I agree 100% with him, but hey, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Kept it clean. I, so flag stompers and don't stand for the national anthem. All that stuff. Here's what a former Marine, Trent Baker wrote this, uh, and I think it was phenomenal. Uh, former Marine to Colin Kaepernick, go play in Cuba. 
you know, Colin Kaepernick is the dude. He's he's now, by the way, he never did this before. He's he gets this girlfriend, right? Women will make you do some crazy stuff. He gets this girlfriend who's real militant. She's a real militant person. Real, she's a radio uh, personality out there, and she's you know she's really into the Black Lives Matter deal. Well, let me tell you, she is uh, kind of nuts. Though I I listen to her show. Um, she's a hate America, hate white people, you know. So he's still, you know, hey, he, he wants to, you know, get a little and go. What you know, you know, sister, be good, right? I don't want her to run off on me, so I'll play her game. I'll talk her talk, you know. So what happens? What happens? Well, what happens is he starts being like her. He starts thinking like her. And he all of a sudden, now his hair is not naturally like that. Remember, he was raised by fairly wealthy white people. His mother, by the way, has come out publicly and said, I don't agree. He's, he would never taught this at home. I respect his right as a grown man to say what he wants to say and do what he wants to say, but he wasn't taught this in this house. But Colin Kaepernick, uh, really uh, a loser. I mean, he was in the Super Bowl what, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and he did okay, but, you know, he's doing terrible now. And this is a big thing. Now he's got this girlfriend. He wants to stay and go with her. So what's he do? He, he adopts this thing. He goes and gets a treatment done to his hair to make his hair fro out like it does, and he starts teasing it out, teasing it out, teasing it out, and he starts talking with a, you know, militant, I'm a freedom fighter, black people have been kept down, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's only one problem with that. None of it's true. So Jim Frazier, former Marine and father of a fallen, I tried to re reach out to him and I, I, I couldn't get him. I couldn't get him on. I couldn't get a hold of him. So, uh, but I would have loved to have had him talk about it. But Jim Frazier, he's a former Marine himself. There are no former Marines, by the way, Trent, uh, you know, uh, but, but father of a fallen Air Force staff sergeant. Uh, so his, his, he's a gold star dad in addition to serving, serving himself. <clears throat> He criticized San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick Monday on Fox and Friends over his taking a knee during the national anthem to protest imagined social injustice. Imagined is not in there, air quotes, uh, air quote, air quotes. I'm, I'm trying. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Um, but so he, you know, this this is his thing. This is his new thing. Nobody really knows what his, what is, what is his we don't even know what his social injustice issue really is. He's all over the map. He's, you know, big fan of, of uh, now dead. Uh, here's something for you. 57 years, the United States, the CIA and others have been trying to kill, um, get rid of Fidel Castro. Bar Look, Barack Obama been in office eight years. All he wanted to do is be friends with him, me and my buddy. So CIA tries to get rid of this guy for 57 years. Donald Trump isn't even the president. He just got elected, you know, what, uh, November, and the dude's dead. Talk about effective. So Fraser said Kaepernick should either invest in programs for disadvantaged children or his cause, whatever that is, uh, instead of kneeing during the national anthem. He said that if he could speak to Kaepernick, he would tell him, why don't you take that multi-million dollar contract, take a few million, and invest in programs for disadvantaged children or for programs, whatever your cause is, which honestly nobody's figured out yet, and, and go sign a contract to play baseball in Cuba or play football in Cuba. They don't play football in Cuba. But 
You know what I'm saying? And I and I get what this guy's saying. By the way, you can follow me at the Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor on Twitter if you're into that. I also have a uh, what do you call it? Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. Let me make sure this is the lady I'm thinking of. I wrote that article I'm going to be talking about. That'd be cool if we could have her on here. Let's see. Nope, not her. Um, what is it called? What is that thing called with the pictures? Insta no, is it Instagram? Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram. I don't know. I have hundreds of pictures on there. I don't know what it's called. Um, I'm on there too. The Ninja Pastor. Follow me there. Facebook and all that stuff. And um, theninjapastor.com or drshawnreiner.com. It's a place where you can follow what we do. Click on the little thing. Put your name there. Put your email. <clears throat> anyway, so you guys know I'm a big fan of Pamela Geller and, and uh, what she does is just absolutely extraordinary. Um, I want to talk a second about Barack Hussein Obama. It's not my favorite topic. I don't like talking about the guy. He's 44 days, really, really 43 in a wake up at this point uh, before he's before he's out of here. And I, and I really I got to tell you, man, I, I'm so happy. I, I, when I look at television and I see these, even Fox News, you know, uh, a lot of people, you, you need to understand, people like their jobs. They like making six figures. So so they're going to play the role that they're in for the most part. And, and make no mistake, Fox News is not a conservative news organization. They're a business, right? And so the people that that uh, bring childhood, uh, Fox, the whole idea of Fox News, it was all about making money. It was never about, hey, we need to give conservatives a voice. That's not true. So when when they when when you hear them on there, like I'll give you an example, Shepard Smith. For, in addition to being a tiny, tiny person, he can't help his size. So not, I should make fun of him, and I apologize for that. But Shepard Smith is a, uh, and everybody's known this. It's been in, you know, around him and around his people. He's a gay guy. He's a very militant gay guy. He's obviously a very proud uh, Oxford, Mississippi. He's Mississippi uh, born and, and raised. And uh, Shepard Smith is the second highest paid person in television. Um, Bill O'Reilly is the highest, not just at Fox, but in television in general. Now, the most expensive studio ever created for a air quotes, air quotes, news broadcast uh, is Shepard Smith's. It's it's easily the most expensive by a long shot. So, and that's what he demanded, and that's what he got. So, um, let's see. Okay. Also, another caller is also not the lady I'm looking for. Um, anyway, so the point is, is um, what is the point? Does that do any of us know what the point is? I don't know what the point is. I'm just rambling on. Um, well, let me let me cut to this because this, there's some stuff that I, I need to get done. Uh, and any of you in chat, if you can remind me what I was talking about, that'd be great. Um, Obama. I don't even know how to say this. It's in writing. Pamela Geller and others reported this, not just, um, you know, oddly enough, on December 7th. God bless our uh, the survivors that remain of, of uh, that day that will live in infamy. Uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, you know, I don't hear a lot from the president today 
on that. But 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 he does say no foreign terrorist organization has attacked in the United States during my tenure. This is what he said. This is what the dude said. That's what he said. I'm 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 just going to tell you what he said. And he's channeling Baghdad Bob. Remember that guy? Remember that guy who was, you know, he was like the, the the press guy for for uh, Saddam Hussein. Remember that guy? You're like, what? Come on, dude. You're smoking weed. Um, so uh, anyway, too bad the dead can't speak. So Pamela Geller writes this article and she quotes Barack Hussein Obama. Over the last eight years, no foreign terrorist organization has successfully planned and executed an attack on our homeland. Obama's denial is breathtaking, but Anamedia's collective uh, obsessional behavior parroting Obama's delusions and fantasies is astonishing beyond belief. Now, remember what I said. Liberals are revising history. Liberal, uh, they're hard at community organizing because they don't work to try to undermine our current president. So they're already switching realities or revising reality. And so, and, and Barack Hussein Obama is the lead guy for that, right? Over the last eight years, no foreign terrorist organization is blah, blah, blah. Now, these people are delusional. Is he delusional? Is he? Because see, he thinks he's so smart. He thinks that he can, uh, he can, he can somehow or another outsmart the media, right? The media are in his pocket. They were in Hillary Clinton's pocket. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that they thought that that was, uh, I don't know. They somehow or another they thought that, that, uh, how do I put this? Well, let me, let me go on with the article. Let me go on with the article and, and we'll see, let's see if this, um, Optimizing community grievances and creating victims. Exactly. Jerry from exactly. That's exactly uh, what what happened. The guy, the guy, these grand delusions, these fantasies, these, these, um, uh, and, and I don't want to say intellectual because it's not true. To be intellectual means you got to have some intellect. And this guy doesn't. He's got a fake resume, uh, biggest scam ever in American history. This guy. And so somehow or another he gets he gets in there and, and the people don't want to call him out because he's he seems like he's black, but uh, it's just it's just a problem. It's just a real, real problem. Um, we fell for it. I didn't fall for it, but enough people fell for it and, and with all the cheating and whatnot, you know, he got into office, not once but twice. So I don't think he's delusional. I think I really believe that Barack Hussein Obama, he knows exactly what he's doing because he thinks if I say this long enough, Saul Alinsky, right, rules for radicals, if I say this long enough, what's going to happen? The people are going to do uh, whatever. They're going to believe what I say. I'm going to say it firmly enough. I'm going to say it boldly enough, and I'm going to keep saying it, even if they show video of me saying or, or admitting something different, or they show video evidence of, uh, you know, something different, the truth, <clears throat> then then they're going to, he'll still say, no, that's not true. Then it'll be even louder and bolder and all this stuff. That's just how it works, right? It's how it works. It's what he does. Well, it's the emperor's new clothes. The Garland shooting attack on our free speech event was, remember, you know, they were doing drawing Muhammad, right? Pamela Geller. 
And everybody said, oh, no, you'll tick off the Muslims. Don't do it. Wait, I thought they were peace-loving. I thought, they were, I thought we can't take them off. Oh, wait, I remember. The only reason they're terrorists is because we're on their lands. We're on their lands. That's where they are. We're there and we're 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 dirtying up their their place and you know their sacred grounds or sacred sand, whatever. Um blah blah blah. Evil becomes good, good becomes evil, exactly. So, so they tell us, they tell us, hey, the reason we're doing this is you've you you're you're occupying. You're occupying our lands. And so we're mad at you. Oh, you drink alcohol. We're mad at you, even though they drink alcohol secretly. Uh, you look at porn, even though they're huge purveyors of porn. You are uh, bad people socially. Really? You rape 100, 100 of you rape one woman and then stone her to death? Really? Uh, you throw gay people off roofs? Really, liberals? We need to be afraid of right-wing, uh, Christian Bible-thumping, gun-toting people. Well, we don't throw people off roofs. We don't we don't do any of that. We don't hang people. We don't bury them in vats of, of acid uh, live. We don't drown them live. We don't set them on fire live. We don't do those things. We don't behead. That's not what we do. But we should we should be careful, these poor Muslims. So let's lay this on here. So the Garling shooting attack on our free speech event was an ISIS attack. Remember that? Gets shot, gets dropped by, a, uh, I think it was a, a female police officer. Uh, drops the guy, right? Before he could kill a bunch of people. So that was the nicest guy. San Bernardino, remember that? All those people get killed, nice people who, you know, raise money for this couple. Gee, nice people. Uh, we don't want to be, we're California people. We don't want to be, you know, racist, even though Islam is not a race. It's a religious, political, and military ideology, whatevs. But we don't want to be a racist or bigot or whatever. So, so we're going to invite them in and we're going to love on them and we'll change them by loving on them. Really, gave them a ton of money. They did all this stuff, really great stuff. And guess what happened? You know what the people did? I'll tell you what they did. The husband and wife killed a bunch of people and then got killed in a shootout with cops. Love it. Love it. People said, man, you don't sound like much of a pastor. That's not very nice. Oh, yeah, kill all of them. You commit jihad, you you threaten to commit jihad. Guess what's going to happen? You will, you will be on the end of police gun. So the Boston Islamic plot to behead Pamela Geller until the jihad met the wrong end of the police gun was directed by ISIS. San Bernardino, Fort Hood, New York, New Jersey bombings, Chattanooga. Remember the military guys were killed? ISIS. Seattle Christmas tree bomb plot? ISIS. Boston Marathon bombing? ISIS. Morgantown, North Carolina? ISIS. Oklahoma, Oklahoma beheading? ISIS. West Orange, New Jersey? Jihad, ISIS. Robert Spencer wrote this. Over the last eight years, no foreign terrorist organization has successfully planned and executed an attack on our homeland. This is what the President Barack Hussein Obama says. So at some point, we're going to figure out, at some point, uh, we're going to just stop being careful with what we say and say, look, the dude is a freaking Muslim. And if he's not a Muslim, he's the best friend Muslims ever had. And he is certainly working against us here uh, in the United States of America because everything, every common sense thing the man should ever be saying, he says the opposite of. His sole job is to protect the people of the United States of America, protect the sovereign land. The United States of America, guess what? He has failed miserably. Why? 
this completely Robert Spencer, uh, unbelievable guy, Jihad Watch. Uh, this completely ignores the fact that the Islamic State has repeatedly called for attacks by so-called lone wolves. Example given, people who are not in touch with the organization but are inspired to act by its calls for jihad, mass murder, and to attack inside the borders of the United States of America. We have seen jihad massacres in San Bernardino, Orlando, and elsewhere plotted or committed by Muslims who have pledged allegiance to the Islamic State. But now we see one of the strategies behind Obama's consistent denial of the motivating ideology be behind jihad terror attacks and his classification of the Fort Hood jihad massacre as workplace violence. Now he can claim that while he's president, there weren't any jihad terror attacks. You see, you see, this is this is what's crazy. And I'm going to tell you, uh, look, I'm 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 a pretty normal guy. I'm a pretty normal guy. I am relatively normal in an abnormal sort of way. And I and I look I look at the situation and I say to myself, okay, so we got a guy. We got a guy who, who he shouldn't. You shouldn't even be allowed to visit the White House as a visitor. By the way, you know, he's got lots of friends that visit the White House that, that have warrants on them. Nobody picks them up. Nobody arrests them. By the very fact that they have warrants on them, they shouldn't be allowed to visit the White House, much less meet with the president. Al Sharpton, perfect example. He owes millions of dollars to the IRS. It's indisputed. Anyway. Got a guy who, by his own admission, is absolutely hardcore evil and an enemy of the United States of America. And yet, people were afraid, right? People were afraid, and they said, I don't know. Hey, there's a meme going around. Somebody just sent to me. I think it's important. Bunch of liberal Democrat hypocrites concerned about the people who might stay at Trump Tower Hotel while visiting the president. Conflict of interest? It's not like Trump is getting a half a million dollars for a speech like Hillary Clinton. None of the liberal media complained about Hillary's double dealing and money laundering and giving favors to those who gave the most money. It's been said that there is a clause in the Constitution that says anyone who gets money from a foreign country must first get permission from Congress. Apparently, no one knew of this law while Hillary was in office. But now she's, she wasn't in office. She, well, she was. She was a senator. And you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. She violated the law. But now that Trump will be president, new rules are discovered. Yeah, it's exactly right. Exactly right. Absolutely exactly right. I mean, bottom line. Bottom line. So so let me say this. Let me let me just say this, and then I'm gonna move on to Israel. You've got a guy who we can verify that he he's he doesn't tell the truth. The dude doesn't tell the truth. He doesn't. He doesn't tell the truth. He's a liar. He's the great divider. My buddy Craig, it's exactly. Kick him the heck out. It, it, first of all, it disgusts me that he's, he's in the White House. Not because he's half black, but because they disrespect the White House. They have no respect for the White House. He spent all this money on the White House. President-elect Donald Trump was asked the other day. Now, I said this last week, and I took a lot of flack for this. And, and I'm, take it in the spirit that it's offered. 
Donald Trump moving to the White House is a step way back for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is used, used to living in utter opulence. He's used to having uh, just so much better than the White House. Now, Barack Obama, it's like, hey, yeah, we going on vacation again. Where are you going to go? Camp David? We already spent all this money on Camp David. You want to go to Camp David? <laughs> no, that's beneath him. Where does he want to go? He wants to go to Hawaii. Let's go to Hawaii. Does it? Is that right? Is that right? We want to we want to go to Hawaii again. It's just it's unreal to me. Donald Trump says, "You know what?" Uh, he was asked, and this was a trick question. We all know this is a trick question from the media. The media person says, "So what kind of changes are you going to make? Um, you know, new drapes, new carpet. You know, put some new furniture in there. How about uh, you know, new china, some new silverware. How about some new this, that, and the other?" He goes on this long list as previous presidents have done. Uh, without skipping a beat, Donald Trump says, "No, I think the house is fine as it is. I think it's stupid to to make so many changes to the people's house. That's not my house." It's the people's house. It's not my money. It's the people's money. And I'm careful with the people's money. Right? I'm careful with the people's money. And I'm not all about spending it so I can see for, you know, history until it's changed by somebody else who wants to see their name on China. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's not what I'm about. I'm here to serve the people. Four years. I'm going to do it, you know, for a buck. I'm going to take a dollar. He has to take a dollar because it's federal law. Um, can't volunteer for this job. You have to take payment. So they're going to do a dollar. So, so he says this. And then you've all heard this. You, you've all heard this. You've all heard it. So he says to Boeing, right? Contacts Boeing. He, 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 they tell him that in one of his briefings, they say, look, you, you know, you're going to be presiding over. You're not going to receive it because it won't be finished until 2024. But we are uh, under contract to build two new Air Force Ones. How much is the contract? $4 billion. Hold up. Slow down, Sam Mancher. $4 billion? So each of these aircraft are $2 billion a piece? You're kidding me, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's wrong with the current one? Well, it's old. It's 25 years, 20, 25, 1990, something like that. Uh, it's just... Uh, It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, and you know what? The one after it has, not just the 747, but the one after it, they're all, we don't even use those anymore. They're, we use newer ones. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? This is what he's, this is what he's, the answer. This is the answer. And Donald Trump says, hmm. I think $4 billion is too much money. Too much money. Too many duckies. I think we can get that price down. Look, I want you to make money. I want you to make a lot of money. But I don't want you to make that much money. Because this is America's money. And you know what? I understand that the, the you know, the, 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 the jet that came out, the model that came out after this one, not just this one is, is obsolete, but the one after it. I know we have to rob parts from places and all that stuff. I get it. But I don't think $4 billion is a fair price for the American people. 
I don't think it's a fair price. And I don't think it's fair price. And you know what? I'm not going to have the American people pay this amount of money. You're going to have to work on it and come back to me. Get back to me. He, he's a negotiator. He can see that dollar figure. Look, he, he comes under budget and before, uh, before the project is due on everything that he does. You see what I'm saying? Everything. This is what he does. This is what he's excellent at. You know, I understand people want to question the uh, his intelligence. You know, because he talks like a, a New Yorker. It's okay for, uh, a, 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 you know, somebody with an accent, if it's a Mexican accent or Hispanic accent or whatever. Uh, or or uh, an affect, a cultural affect, whatever. Yeah, Craig from New York, uh, upstate, he already designed and had his own little puddle jumper made. He sort of knows jets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This guy knows when it's, well, uh, and then all the experts have been come out there, uh, you know, saying, uh, oh, this person that I wanted to have on, can't come on now. She's got a TV interview. So we'll, we'll have you on at some point. It's too bad. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Dish Network's been running a series on Mighty Planes, and guess whose plane was featured? It's awesome. By the way, Man of the Year. You know, they weren't, Time Magazine was not going to name Donald J. Trump, President-elect Donald J. Trump, as Man of the Year. They weren't going to do it. We know from the inside now that the people at time, they were absolutely not going to do it. They were not going to do it. And they had this other obscure person name. Yeah, for real. I'm being totally for real with you. So what happens? What happens is the people on the inside there at time and also investors in time said, if you don't name Donald J. Trump as person of the year, you're an idiot. You're going to you're going to be the laugh. You're going to be irrelevant, even more than you already are. You're going to be totally and completely irrelevant because the dude has never held public office ever in his life. Ever, 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 nothing. This guy actually generates tens of thousands of jobs, has generated hundreds of thousands of jobs in his career. But right now, tens of thousands of jobs. He's, you know, good jobs, you know. And he won the presidency in a totally, totally, completely, I, I don't want to say irreverent, but it is irreverent. Oh, by the way, by the way, the press, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. But the press is whining. Uh, uh, Megan Kelly's one of them. I'll talk about that. Whining about they don't like how during his speech they feel threatened. Hashtag safe space sissies trending on Twitter. I started that. Uh, they don't like how Donald Trump keeps calling them out and they feel very threatened. And at these events where the press is just doing their constitutional job of covering the event for all America, 
uh, you know, he says those people back there, dishonest, very dishonest, lying media. We don't like how Trump doesn't come to us and tell us stuff to tell the American people. He goes directly to Twitter. He put he needs to put his Twitter down. What president tweets about stuff? He's tweeted about Saturday Night Live. Not for nothing, but Saturday Night Live has been irrelevant for a long time. It stopped being funny. It stopped being funny for a long time. It just, it, 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 and it was only barely funny before, but back in the day, it was somewhat funnier. But the fact of the matter is now it's just a political thing. And it's not a political thing. It's a leftist political thing. It's never about overall in general. It's about one side making fun of another. And it's always the left making fun and ridiculing the white and Christians and Jews while you're at it. Right? So, look, you say, hey, he shouldn't be tweeting about Saturday Night Live. That's very unpresidential. How would you know what presidential is? How in the world should you know? And they say, well, he's got very thin skin. I'd love it when people say he's got a very thin skin. This dude is the opposite of thin skin. Donald J. Trump, president-elect Donald J. Trump, he is the opposite of thin skin. The dude is a huge international success in one of the toughest. One of, one of the grittiest. I know how to put it. I mean, it's Manhattan real estate developing, global development, Washington, D.C. development, development, developing overseas. Come on, it's the toughest. It's the toughest. There's no tougher. No tougher. The fact of the matter is, Donald J. Trump doesn't take crap from anybody. No body. Liberals, all they're either doing is being mad. You're right, Jerry. They're either mad or they're either angry or they're afraid. One or the other. They're either the victimizer or the victim. They're never just living, doing their thing, doing the right thing. Never. And I said this about Megyn Kelly. I'll just, I'll skip to it. Uh, Megyn Kelly is, um, i just tell you the truth. I don't like her. I don't like her brand of reporting. It's fake. It's, you know, she, she's putting on. I mean, it's just, she's got this book out and she's just putting on that whole deal that she does. I'm tough. Right? She's positioned herself to be a tough victim. A tough victim. That's what she is. And that's with all this leftist crap. That's all they are. Tough victim. And somehow or another, they're they're always being victimized. Right? So Donald J. Trump, he gets on the Twitter because he says, you know what? I'm not afraid of the press. I'm not afraid of pundits, you know, snapping on me because I tweeted that SNL is irrelevant. And it's not funny. And it's not funny. He's telling the truth. It's not funny. Let me ask you something. I was just talking to my best friend about this uh, the other day. Can they, can, they have all week to study their lines. Can they not memorize one or two lines without staring at the cue cards? Have you ever noticed? They stare at the cue cards. The guest most often has their lines memorized. The guest host. They have their lines. They can't even memorize their lines. Are they professional or are they not? 
and what they read off these cards is not funny. They're just not funny. Yeah, that's right. Megan Kelly doesn't want to report the news. She wants to be the news. It's just not funny. I like how he doesn't care. I like how President-elect Donald J. Trump says, screw you. Who are you? Who are you? To make, to make fun of me, you know? And, and here's even what's, what's, I love this. A lot of the guests, did you guys know this? A lot of the guests that's, that come on to Saturday Night Live, if they're willing to come in the week before, if they have the time, they're not so super busy, come in the whole week before to, you know, do their deal and rehearse, whatever, and go through, you know, developing and storylines and all this stuff and, you know, all, all the deal that they do. They stay, many of them, most of them stay at Trump Tower. Isn't that funny? I think it's hilarious, you know? The guy's not afraid of anybody. I like it. I like it. I like how he's telling the press, shut up, you irrelevant bunch of liars. Soon as he does that, we've been cut out. Really? Your own president didn't give a new a real news conference for what, a hundred and some days one time, one period. And he's he's known to be very, very long uh in that. And what's her name? What was it? 270 days. Hillary Clinton. Wait, you got a problem with that? Oh, wait, I'll have one. I'll have it on my plane. And there'll be room for two people, me and whoever else. Oh, maybe three, the camera person. On a plane, loud plane, you know, the press is all behind me. They're all my fans. So, you know, come on. That's not a press conference. Give me a break. Not that I think press conference. But I can't wait to see Donald Trump's press conferences. I really can't. I can't wait. Oh, that's not very presidential. Really? The current president is presidential? Barack Hussein Obama? The president's wife is presidential? His kids? Come on. They're What a joke. They couldn't get out of bed. You want to talk about poor leaders? They couldn't even get the room. Let me tell you something. Donald J. Trump at the Christmas tree greeting when it comes in on the little carriage. It was so beautiful. A really beautiful deal. That The carriage is like 150 years old. Comes in. It's a big deal. And it's the last thing like this that they're going to do as the first family. Couldn't even, he had, he, he and she lacked the leadership so much. They couldn't get their own kids to get their lazy behinds up out that bed that they don't own and come down there and, and do what they pose to do. They couldn't even do that. They couldn't even lead kids to think and say, all right, no dinner. couldn't even do that. Look, man, you can't even, you, uh, look, man, man, I I swear I wasn't going to admit, I wasn't going to get mad, but I now I'm mad already. I done made myself mad. Done went made myself mad. Look, you can't lead your own kids over whom you allegedly wield the parenting stick. You can't even do that, and you want to lead a nation. I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee you, President Donald J. Trump, that Christmas tree comes in. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I, uh, I'm gonna guarantee. I'm gonna guarantee this. I'm gonna guarantee. I'm, I wasn't. I was gonna say. Well, maybe I can't get. I will bet. I'll bet folding money. I will bet folding money right now that when this happens during Donald Trump's. Uh, President Donald Trump's um, tenure, 
I firmly believe, I firmly believe this. All his adult children, his his grandchildren, his son Baron will come. From, now, by the way, enough with all this going on and on about how Baron, you know. And by the way, when did it become okay to make fun of a kid for how tall he is, how it's 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, the freaking kid's been up for, you know, 20-some hours. The left has no problem making fun of children when they're conservative kids. Uh, he's on the spectrum. Oh, yeah. He's, they alluded to the fact that uh, he has autism. He at least has, um, he at least has, uh, what did he say? Um, what did they say? Asperger's. They, you know, I don't know. It, let me, I hate talking about this kid. Poor kid, man. Uh, you know, thrust into this, all this. He's articulate. He's smart. He's all this stuff. He really, really is something special. I guarantee you, uh, if Barack Hussein Obama wanted to leave his kids in Chicago, although who wants to stay there, all the shootings and whatnot, and educate them at some leftist school instead of the really super expensive school that his kids are educated at, air quotes, air quotes, educated at in Washington, D.C., uh, said the public school, he seems to think public school is the best thing ever. It, it's... it's uh, Look, I have no problem, no problem with uh, Melania Trump and Barron Trump staying in New York City. The kid is very involved in his school. He does great in his school. He is a, he's a sharp kid. You know, I think the left, I think if they got throat punched as much as they whine about getting throat punched, uh, they would... I don't know. They would shut up. They would. I mean, this is not. You're right. Liberalism is absolutely a mental disorder. Uh, but but here's the thing: the the left claims all this stuff. You know, most of the the racial epithets that are spray painted on stuff, they catch them later. It's always the liberal, the break-ins, and the and the Nazi stuff, and the you know anti-black stuff, and whatever uh, anti-gay stuff. It's almost always, always the bad guys. It's always the bad, it's the bad guys are always the liberals claiming to be victimized. They're always lying about it. I hate it. And I think they should get totally, completely jammed up. I really do. I really do. I, I do. Uh, I, I think they get a five finger punch or a, uh, they project onto us who they are. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, not for nothing, but, you know, if they were in jeopardy as much as they, they claim to be, they would behave better. I say this all the time about the Black Lives Matter claim that there's so much police brutality running around. They're afraid of this, afraid of mothers, are afraid to let their sons go out, blah, 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 blah. If that were true, they, they wouldn't be walking across, oh, well, that's because they're all together. They're, you're all together. We've got, we formed a group and we're, we're doing this. Come on. Come on. We all know that's a lie. This poor 10-year-old kid, he gets, he gets, even if he, I don't even know if he got to go to sleep, wearing his suit, looking smart and cool. And he, and he, he gets up there and he does his thing. He goes and stands where he's supposed to stand. Kept his eyes open. You know, kid's tired, man. He's tired. He's a little kid. He may be 5'10 at 10 years old, but he's a little kid. And the left makes fun of a kid, a 10-year-old kid. 
But they say he's a mini me. Uh, he's been brainwashed and he and his father makes him dress exactly like him. You know why he dresses like his father? Here's the, the bottom line. He dresses like his father never said you got to dress like this. You dress how you want. Within reason. Uh, he wants to wear the same clothes as his father. Why? Because he adores and idolizes his father. He admires his father, just like his adult kids do. By the way, somebody in the audience has sent me a question. I can't answer that right now, but I promise I'll answer it in detail, complete detail uh, after the show. So anyway, that, that makes me mad, picking a little 10-year-old kid. Come on. So oh, I want to say this. I didn't realize what time it is. It's 533. Holy crap. Time flies. How do Israelis, uh, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm into the, the Hebrew worldview and culture and all that. Uh, and I love Israel. How does Israel view the incoming Trump's, Trump Pence administration? Joel Rosenberg does a great analysis. And thank you to Jerry from Pennsylvania for sending this to me. Um, Thanksgiving Day, I landed in Washington Dulles Airport to begin a month of in the States. This is um, anyway. On the agenda, board meetings with my colleagues at the Joshua Fund, planned meetings in Dallas, Chicago, and Manhattan for the March 2017 release of my new political thriller, Without Warning. This is Rosenberg. If you've never read Joel Rosenberg, you've got to read Joel Rosenberg. It's about massive ISIS attacks inside the United States homeland. Research calls and meetings for the next novel, which I hope to begin writing in January, a much anticipated time with family and friends. But the number one question people uh, are, are asking him now is, what do Israelis think about the election of Donald J. Trump and the transition to Trump-Pence uh, administration. Here it is, short version. Israelis were as stunned as the rest of the world by the elections, especially since the media said Hillary Clinton was a sure thing. Why did the media say Hillary Clinton was a sure thing? How do they know it's a sure thing? How, how do they know? How do they know it? Somebody's going to answer that question because here's the thing. Here's a really crazy thing. Hillary Clinton knew and the press knew and, and Barack Obama knew. How'd they know? Because they had it fixed. Here's the really big problem. Even though it was fixed, enough Americans said, hey, you know what? This is bull. This is bovine feces. I am not rolling with this. I'm voting for Donald J. Trump. Okay. Don't love everything about the guy. Who do we love everything about? Heck, when Ronald Reagan was elected president, we didn't love everything about him. Turned out to be one of the greatest presidents of our time. But the press said Hillary Clinton was a sure thing. Israelis, they said, well, the American press says it's a sure thing. So we were shocked. That said, the Netanyahu government appears enormously encouraged by the election results and believe they will have true and dependable friends and allies at both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue beginning on January 20th. Boom, mic drop. The Israeli public at large is steadily warming towards Trump. I would describe the mood as cautiously optimistic. By contrast, Palestinian leadership seems cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> Concerned Trump will be too pro-Israel. Can you be? Let's wipe Palestine off the map. Let's just do that. I'm a huge fan. A huge fan. You know, I don't care how it happens. I really don't. You know what I love about Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin? 
What I love about Bibi Netanyahu is he observes the Hebrew um, tenet, which says that if someone kills your people, the act against God, you not only kill them, but you destroy their home. You destroy their home. Now, they come and they say to the people, hey, you raised a terrorist. You're a terrorist. We're going to blow your house up. We're going to bulldoze your house. We're going to remove any indication that you were ever here. So get your crap out. Get your family out. I don't care where you go. You just can't stay here. On the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, Joel Rosenberg had the opportunity to attend the Jerusalem Post annual diplomatic conference. Attending were about 400 foreign ambassadors, defense attaches, and other diplomats and journalists. Speaking to the group was a range of senior Israeli government officials, both members of the cabinet and opposition leaders. And it was an interestingly uh, early look at Israeli thinking at the highest level. The keynote was delivered by no less than Prime Minister Benjamin Bibi Benjamin Netanyahu. In his address, he notably did not specifically discuss the Trump victory or his relationship with the president-elect, which they are friends, but Netanyahu did describe himself as supremely optimistic with Israel's present economic and development, diplomatic environment and a long-term future. Supremely optimistic is not exactly the way most Israelis or Mideast analysts would typically describe their premier. Good morning, Netanyahu began his remarks. I'm going to dispel a long-standing myth about me, and I think you should brace yourselves. If you read some of the, well, the other papers in this country, you might come out with the impression that I'm a gloomy guy, that I'm pessimistic, that I'm a fear monger. So I'm glad you're sitting down because what I'm about to tell you will startle you. I am supremely optimistic. In fact, I've never been more hopeful. I'm hopeful about Israel. I'm hopeful about our region. I'm hopeful about peace. I'm even hopeful that the UN, can you imagine it? I'm hopeful about the UN. Now here's the subtext. Israel has new friends in Washington that see Israel as a hopeful, positive, trustworthy force in a turbulent, dangerous region. Trump and Pence are men I can do business with. This is what Rosenberg is saying. He's exactly correct. This is what it means. It's a mood echoed by a new poll of the Israeli public released this week. 80, ready for, this is crazy. I mean, this, this is, these are numbers which, which should say something to you. 83% of Israelis see Mr. Trump as pro-Israel, and there's a report in the Times of Israel. Only 3% of Israelis, however, believe Trump will actually keep his promise to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Donald Trump, I'll bet paper money on this too. Oh, I what did I say? It was about the Christmas tree. I guarantee you that if Trump wants to have all his kids and grandkids there, when the Christmas tree comes, they'll be there. They'll be looking sharp. They'll be looking prepared. They will be classy, elegant. They'll be smart. They'll they'll be respectful and all that. Obama's kids, not a chance. Anyway, keep in mind, Trump and Netanyahu have a friendship that goes back many years. Many Americans don't realize it, but Israelis know that Trump actually endorsed Netanyahu in a recent campaign here and even cut a TV ad supporting Bibi. Trump had a private meeting with Netanyahu and separately with uh, Egyptian President el-Sisi in New York in September. Trump spoke to Netanyahu almost immediately after the election and invited the Israeli leader to come to the United States to visit. Netanyahu asked if he could wait until Trump took office so as to not further strain his relationship with Obama. How classy, right? That's classy. Oh, by the way, you know, I think I mentioned this. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, people were saying, no word from Obama, no word from Donald Trump. And what happened in uh, OSU 
the Ohio State University. No, no word on that. Amazingly, he's going to wait so long. He's so busy messing up the transition that he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's chaos over there. It's chaos. No, it's not. Everybody's come out of there. Even people, this is what cracks me up. Even people that are vehemently opposed to him come out when the microphone gets shoved in their face, they say, you know, guy's a lot smarter than I thought he was. I mean, it's subtext. I'm paraphrasing. Guy's a lot smarter than I thought he was. He's very gracious. He's, you know, he's he's smart. He's smart. He is. He's a smart guy. And they'll say, you know what, gosh, I couldn't have been treated better with greater respect. Not what I expected. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney said, point blank, he said, you know, he has a great grasp on this. I've been very pleasantly surprised that he, he's been very well briefed. He's up to speed. Uh, it was very cordial. He was very kind. Really? But they said, you know, why hasn't why hasn't President Trump, President-elect Trump, said anything about OSU? And he and he and this is what I love. He he negates the press completely. This is this is what he said. He said, you know, there's been a long-standing policy, when properly observed, that demonstrates respect for the office of President of the United States. President Barack Obama is still president. I am not president yet. He said, I thought it important and respectful to the President of the United States and the office to wait until he made comment. He didn't yet, so I felt that I would make this comment. And by the way, where did he make the comment? From Cincinnati, Ohio, where he started his thank you tour. Cincinnati, Ohio. He's in the state. He had already contacted Ohio State University, said, look, if I can help in any way, please let me know. Help the families, whatever, you know, please let me know. And then he spoke very clearly about what happened there. And he stopped there. He didn't tell President Obama what he should do. He just said, hey, you know, this is this is this is terrorism. This is clearly and obviously terrorism. So I want to stop the people from coming in willy-nilly into the country. Let's just stop it and figure out what the heck's going on. So by the way, Trump spoke to Netanyahu almost immediately after the election and invited the leader to come to the United States to visit. Said he could said, can I wait until you take office? Because I don't want to, you know, look, I don't want to cause problems with Obama. It's classy. That's classy. And 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 Donald Trump knows that. Israeli ambassador Ron, Der- Ron Dermer, who I've tried to get on the show, you want to talk about an amazing guy. Ron Dermer, poof, smart guy, speaks five languages fluently. Uh, he's really amazing. By the way, uh, Bibi Netanyahu speaks five languages fluently too. MIT grad with honors and special ops guy. Amazing guy, just amazing guy. So Ron Dermer's already met with Trump and Pence at Trump Tower. Uh, speaking of it, Vice President-elect Donald, uh, Ron, uh, yeah. Mike Pence is deeply trusted by the Netanyahu team as strongly pro-Israel and as a key intermediary for the transition team. As Trump puts together his national security team, Israelis will be looking very closely for more definitive clues to the Trump-Pence approach to the region. More on that soon. By the way, I wasn't going to talk about this because I don't want to give him any uh, press, but there's a certain show on television that has Whoopi Goldberg on it. And then other goofy chick was supposed to retire like 100 years ago. And they were going on and on about, oh, yeah, it sounds real good. You know, Trump sounds really great right now. Mm-hmm. But wait till he actually gets the job. Let's see, can he do anything? 
going to be a lot tougher then. You're going to take a lot of criticism then. Not everybody's going to think you're great then. Let's see if you can actually do this stuff. The dude isn't even president yet. And he's accomplished more since November 6th. Then Obama has in eight years. In eight years, this dude isn't even the president yet. And he's accomplished more. I mean, this is unreal. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I am just like Israel. I, I am I am super. I'm not even cautiously optimistic. Look, do I know the dude's gonna do things that I'm like, eh? I don't know if I like that. But the people on The View, you know what their big complaint is? Uh, they weren't even complaining about uh, Donald Trump so much. They were complaining about Mike Pence. You know, he's a religious salad. He's a religious salad. He he wants to do, uh, he wants to do uh, re-education and, and uh, reprogramming of gay people. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. I, I'm not, that's what he does. He wants to turn gay people straight. I got a question for you. <laughs> can he can can a gay person be turned straight? Well, okay, okay, here you go. Here's the premise. Can a straight person be reprogrammed into being gay? <laughs> well, there you go. Mic drop. There's only one problem with that. It ain't about all that. Mike Pence is is a kind man. He's a kind Chip and Joanna Gaines. Let's just jump to that. Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? They attend a church. They attend a church. I promise you I'll tether this. They attend a church in which they preach the gospel, right? Chip and, you know that show, Fixer Upper? Fixer Upper, you, you know that, right? It's a great show. Chip and Joanna, they're, they're amazing people. They're so sweet. Wonderful, wonderful people. They do amazing work. And they rehab, they do remodel houses and they help these people pick out a house and remodel. Anyway, so, so what happens is, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're obviously Christians. They're, they're uh, you know, they're nice people. They're fun people. They're not judgy people, but, you know, they go by the gospel. And, and part of the gospel has to deal with homosexuality, right? So so they're, they're in this article, they're branded. The, the title is they're, you know, uh, HGTV is going to fire them, much like the Benham brothers, because they're anti-gay. They're anti-LGBT. Nobody, they're not LG, anti-LGBT. They're not. They're not at all. But what happens is they attend a church that speaks the gospel. It just preaches the gospel. We're not talking about throwing people off a roof. We're not talking about burling people in a vat of earl. We're not talking about drowning people live. We're not talking about burying people up to their shoulders and throwing rocks at their head till they're dead. We're not about doing any of that. And, and these people are loving people in this church where they go, loving people. So here's the problem. Here's the crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, what about Reverend Wright? You know, and that's the tether here. Reverend Wright, President Barack Hussein Obama, preacher for 22 years, he doesn't know a thing of these terrible things that Reverend Wright talked about. He doesn't know anything about it, even though it's all recorded and we go back and listen to it. Even though the dude married, he and I think her name was Michelle at that time. Air quotes, air quotes, married. Nobody has anything to say about that. Meanwhile, Chip and Joanna Gaines, sweet, nice people, never hurt anybody in their life, are getting blasted by fake headlines, clickbait, 
fake news, hashtag fake news. And because they attend a church where the guy preaches the gospel. Well, if you come on Sunday or you listen to my Sunday show, I preach the gospel. You're going to hate me too. I get tons of hate now. I get it all the time. I don't care. It doesn't phase me. Whatever. I believe in the truth. You believe what you want to believe. I believe in the truth. So they do this and now they're trying to they're trying to mount this effort to get them off because they're air quotes, air quotes, uh, anti-LGBT. How ridiculous, how absolutely asinine and ridiculous this is that you would you would. What about the bakers and the uh, and the florists who have lost everything, everything? Because they didn't want to make a cake or they didn't want to do the flowers for a, a gay wedding. They freaking break already. You don't want equality. You want, you want to dominate everybody. No thanks. No thanks. And the thing they don't like of Barack, uh, the thing they love about Barack is that he's so, you know, he's such a mush in for them. He's one of them. So, you know, he'll just, uh, he'll just, you know, he, that's his team, right? That's his team. Hillary against gay marriage when she lived in the South, but no problem. No problem. Hey, man, she wants the gay vote. Guess what she does? She wants the gay vote. You know what she does? She says, oh, I'm all for a gay marriage. I've always been for it. Yeah, Jerry, not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. Exactly. Here's, here's the crazy thing about this whole thing is the, the left lies about everything. They pretend and they talk to uh, people uh, depending upon what, what their vote like, likelihood is. That's their thing. They're just they're calling voters. Chip and Joanna, they're, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're, they're not anti-anything. They're not anti-gay. They're for the gospel. This is how the left works. Black Lives Matter, no better. Right? You, you heard about this thing that happened in Warwick, uh, upstate uh, Middletown, New York. Uh, this just came out in the Times Herald. Their Black Lives Matter is upset by a show of support for the police. So between these two on Railroad Avenue about a month ago uh, to show their support for police officers, they, the Woolwich uh, Township Police Department, that some people painted a blue line in between the two yellow lines on Railroad Avenue. And the Black Lives Matter movement says this line disrespects the cause and supporters of the line saying it should stay. Two sides have been fighting it out on social media. Monday, they squared off at a contentious village board meeting. During the day Monday before the meeting, the village repainted the line red, white, and blue. I love it. Kiss my behind, Black Lives Matter. Kiss my behind. The paint was still fresh Tuesday afternoon. It runs about 100 yards right in the heart of the village's business district. When Warwood painted the line in October, it was part of a growing nationwide movement decorating streets with blue lines to show support for the thin blue line of law enforcement. By the way, a police officer has been murdered today. Another one is clinging to life. It is a war on police. And the reason it is, is because of Black Lives Matter and a president by the name of Barack Hussein Obama. That's reality. If you don't believe it's reality, you're living in a false world. You're you're, you're dream world, delusional. He wants cops killed. He wants good people killed because he's not a good person. He hates police officers. So change.org says Warwick's line is in direct opposition to the Black Lives Matter movement. I wish there had never been a line, what they say. It's She said, this person says... Uh, Warwick resident Jordan Novak 
vocal opponent of the line who posted a two-page essay on an essay about it on change.org said Warwick's line was in direct opposition to Black Lives Matter movement. I wish I'd never been aligned, blah, blah, blah. And Novak says that her parents are biracial. No one can figure out which one is the black one. Just saying. She said it's different for people in a town that's 91% white people, difficult for people in a town that's 91% white people to understand the goals articulated by the Black Lives Matter movement. She said she supports law enforcement, but the line divides the community. She's added that she's received death threats since she came out against the line. First of all, she's a liar. She didn't receive any death threats. I love all this. Megyn Kelly, death I'm getting death threats. Fox News, come on. Quit pumping your book. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So they're fighting. Hillary Clinton stands up at the at the uh, at the at the the, the uh, Democrat National Convention and and comes out in support of Black Lives Matter. She's like cheering them on. How about the police officers? How about how about the hundreds of thousands of police officers all around the country who go to who are going to go to work tonight, and their family doesn't know if they're coming home, and they're all good. They're all good. There might be a spoiled apple in the, in the basket, but look, that's every job. There are far fewer in law enforcement and firefighting. And my son and I were talking about this today about, you know, being a firefighter, be a police officer, you know, it'd be kind of cool if he was a police officer because I used to be one. Uh, but, you know, he, he said this, he said, you know, nobody hates a firefighter. They all, they hate cops, but they, nobody hates a firefighter. Everybody loves them. Right. That's, that's reality. That's the truth. I mean, he spoke some truth there. Here's what I'm saying, people. Here's what I'm saying. And, 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 and I just, you know, to be fair, be really, really fair. Look, man, President Barack Hussein Obama can't get out of office fast enough. Seriously, truly, he can't. Not for me. I wish, I wish, I honestly wish that there was some law or some rule that we could kick his butt out. You know, when you give a two-week notice at your job, but your job hates you so much, they're like, mm, tell you what, uh, just go ahead now. We'll pay you. We'll pay the dude to leave office. Just get out. Uh, permits are being issued, by the way. Super liberal person in Washington, D.C. It runs the permitting, right? Washington, D.C. is almost all ultra-left. You know, the government of the city, uh, the, the uh, District of Columbia, the ultra-leftist, right? They're ultra-leftist. So here's the problem. Permits, if you're going to protest at the inauguration, if you're going to protest, guess what? You got to have a permit. Almost all the permits have been given away already to leftist organizations who are anti-Trump. If you're going to demonstrate anything at all, that is how it is. It's just reality. You remember what Michelle Obama said when when the flag was being you know presented and, and folded and saluted and all of these things was being revered as it should be. She said all this over a damn flag. We haven't t- we've watched it a hundred thousand times. All this over a damn flag. And Barack goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're fake. They're fake and they're not to be trusted. They can't go into obscurity soon enough for me. Left doesn't like it. They don't like how they can't control Donald J. Trump. They don't like how they sling stuff at him and it just makes him more popular. They don't like that at all. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I like it. I like how Donald Trump tweets stuff. I like how he shuts people up. You know, yeah, you're welcome to say whatever you want. You do have freedom of speech, but guess what? I'm also welcome to throat punch you because I don't like it. And if you don't like it, 
then you can start whining about how abused and disaffected you are and how threatened you are. And finally, it'll be true. Ain't nobody threaten anybody until you threaten our way of life, freedom, and liberty in this United States of America. I so appreciate our great audience. If you have the inclination to help us do what we do, there's a donate page on the ninjapastor.com. Thank you to our listeners uh, who have done that. I really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's, it's an honor. I'm, I'm just, I am seriously so honored by your gift. I really, really am. And the fact of the matter is that helps us do what we, we do. So there's a donate button on there. It's PayPal. It's super well regulated, uh, super secure. If you're so moved, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. We want to do some things in 2017. We won't be able to do unless, you know, that button's hit a whole bunch of times. And, uh, but I do appreciate our listeners. I really, really do. Our Sunday messages are on there. Our Wednesday stuff is on there. There's literally hundreds of hours of free content there. I encourage you to go and listen. Also, if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, Middletown location, you're welcome to come there too. But normally we meet in Newark, Delaware. Um, you go contact me through the contact me page of the ninjapastor.com or on Twitter direct message at the ninja pastor. Uh, contact me those places and uh, or at smgreener at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll tell you how to get there. Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Join us live. It's it's a hoot. I'm telling you, Sundays are a hoot. Sunday your life. I really do, especially going into the holidays. God bless you. God bless America. Join us next time for the collision of faith and politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight. <laughs>